So we're here with Engaged Inspiring Meaningful Learning with an Educator Spotlight with Dave Madden, a science teacher here in North Florida. Thanks for joining us today, Dave. Hey, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, uh, going with our theme of Engaged that we've got on our title banner, uh, we were wondering if we could talk just a few minutes first about uh, steps that you take in, in order to try to engage students as they uh, get to know you and you get to know them into the learning process. Yeah, so as the years go by in my teaching career, I begin to think that engaging students might be the most important task or the single most important task. As a science teacher, I'd maybe put on that list, you know, scientific literacy also, but you're not going to get to scientific literacy if you can't get the kids engaged. So it's something I think about quite a bit, uh, spend time kind of in between seasons, you know, over the summer, right. thinking about what I might be able to do differently, um, trying to solicit some feedback from kids from year to year. How, how do you go about getting that feedback? Is it anonymous, online, paper, pencil? So a combination, you know, there's definitely the electronic anonymous through Google Forms or, you know, Microsoft OneDrive Forms where the kids can do it on their computer or phone or iPad. Um, you know, you get a one through five rating, kind of like you might do, you know, on a college feedback. Mm -hmm. But there's also kind of as you go, certainly there's feedback from day to day. There's also, you know, calling aside some kids that you know and trust and, you know, have interesting insights. Say, hey, how did this go? You know, what could we do differently? Um, another thing that's important is from year to year where you can then talk to kids who had you the prior year and say, right. you know, they stop in maybe today and they see a lab that we're doing and you say, oh, yeah, do you remember this? How did this go? And, mm -hmm. you know, you can engage them in some conversation about things that worked for them in the mm -hmm. previous year that maybe they weren't as willing to tell you when you were their actual teacher. <laughs> no grade attached at yeah, this point. no grade attached. Right. So are these uh, adaptations that are, uh, do you view it as key for your survival, for the student's survival? How, how does that work? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, you could even think of it on three levels, right? It's making sure that I stay engaged, you know, it's making sure that the class as a whole, so maybe the year-long syllabus is engaging, and then how do you make the day-to-day you know, activity to activity engaging. And so certainly I think the kids can see you, right? They know mm -hmm. when things are gen uh, genuine and authentic. Right. And they know when you love what you do and when you're interested in what you're learning. And, you know, it's tough to say mm -hmm. to them, hey, let's get excited about stoichiometry. Let's get <laughs> excited about vectors in equilibrium right. when you're not engaged. So right. part of that, you know, really starts with me on the you know, my own learning, you know, modeling lifelong learning, right. staying engaged in what's mm -hmm. happening in mm -hmm. science, you know, and whether I'm teaching biology or physics or an integrated science, you know, it's something that I love to read what's going on in the news, you know, mm -hmm. we make it part of class that the kids mm -hmm. have to engage at the start of class mm -hmm. with a feature called news and jokes. So each day a kid brings in a news article and then tells a joke and the news article is meant to be topical to what we're studying which is a beautiful thing about science that there's so much going on that each and every day you can find something that is related and engaging so the kid can pick that up on their own and often that serves as a starting point for conversation. Are those pretty open-ended for the student or do you drive them towards a particular topic? Uh, They're open-ended. Every once in a while we'll have you know a portion of the year where it's more directed but for the most part they're meant to 
you know, they've got a calendar, they know what day they're required to do it, you know, as it rotates through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I encourage them to get on to, you know, Science Daily or New York Times or NPR, wherever they, maybe an actual newspaper, uh, and tell us about something they like. So ju- don't just pick the first thing that pops up. Right. But find something interesting related to, say, biochemistry that we're learning you know, for that section. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, and now on the jokes, are, are, are these uh, uh, budding stand-ups? Are they more laughs, more groaners? What, what do you get? Uh, they are more groaners. You know, a lot, <laughs> the kids like puns. Oh. Not terrifically funny. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, truthfully, it's from a book that I read mm-hmm. maybe 10 years ago that just talked about group dynamic and trust mm-hmm. and how humor and laughing can mm-hmm. contribute to that. So I said, hey, you know what? This year, I'm going to have the kids tell a joke. You know, I try to be funny during the day. Right. Um, but the ability to be vulnerable up in class mm-hmm. doesn't just allow us to laugh and giggle, but it builds mm-hmm. camaraderie, it builds trust. Oh, yes. You know, the kids can buy into that, and they can say, hey, you know what? I got up there, and, you know, I'm not, you know, one for telling jokes, but, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. everything worked out all right. No, and self-deprecating humor goes yeah, a long so, way. Yeah. That's what I tell them. It's yeah. all about the absolute value. Mm-hmm. So a, a positive 10 joke is equally good as a negative 10 <laughs> joke. There you go. There you go. I remember last year I taught physics. I had a, a student who uh, did a great impression of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then during homecoming week, they, they get to be a teacher, oh, so to speak. Yeah. And he, he said he was going to be me. And lo and behold, he taught the whole class oh, yeah. with my cadence, with my oh, yeah. corny jokes and sides. It was it was. It was pretty good. And yeah. I just had to sit there and sort of slide under the table a couple of times. But uh, the kids loved it. Oh, yeah. 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 It takes a good kid, a good and funny kid who can do that right. But when they do, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. very so, funny. So in terms of the tone of the classroom, in terms of then uh, switching gears, it sounds like you do a fair amount of switching gears, which keeps things fresh with the students. How, how do you move from things that are, let's say, a little bit lighter in nature to, okay, guys, now we got to get down to the learning process. Yeah, so exactly. It actually goes back a little bit to the, I don't know, three levels of engagement, my own self-engagement in the topics, and then really how do I plan the school year, kind of, you know, full year syllabus, and then day to day, you know, I might think of it as something like, and I'll say this to parents, say back to school night, we're trying to run like an 80-20 80% freedom, 20% locked down. So mm-hmm. I'm going to expect those kids to be absolutely focused for instruction, for initial explanation. Well, truthfully, sometimes it's freedom first and then, you know, instruction later. So right. they're constructing the knowledge. Say today they came in and we were playing around with force tables to learn about vectors and equilibrium and net force and they were just turned loose on them. Sure. They have a few constructive play ideas going in, but Mm -hmm. the instruction came later. So, um, yeah, it's a tone that we set both from myself to the students, but that the kids are expected to have between themselves when in a lab group. And so, um, yeah, it's just modeled on complete focus, Mm -hmm. um, you know, partial, you know, short periods of, intense engagement right again where a class might have you know depending maybe you have a really long lab that day or maybe we have a series of three activities you know a sandwiched piece of lecture explanation in the middle mm-hmm. um, you know and so that kind of pattern of class is changing from time to time um, 
truthfully, early on in the year, as you're trying to build that trust and engagement, there's going to be a little more of the instruction or teacher-led um, right. component, more direct learning. Keep everybody as, on the same page yeah. for and a little bit. The, year goes on, you maybe give the kids a little more freedom to where they're building around a lesson, to where they're supporting their own learning with some inquiry-based, mm -hmm. um, some cooperative learning, to where, um, again, the reins of the class are given more to them, where I say, hey, this is your classroom. It's not my classroom. I right. just stand up here from time to time trying to help you guys out, serve as a guide. Right. And I know you, you bring in... Uh science into your classroom through a couple uh, technology aspects uh, in terms of some video and Skyping with guest lecturers. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you got started on that. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, well, I got started with taking a group to Peru for a science and service trip about, I don't know, 13 or 14 years ago and meeting with some scientists. And Did saying, you bring the students back? You said you took them there. Oh, uh, yeah. brought most of them back. Okay. There was a jaguar incident, and then there was a <laughs> Fertilance, and then there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's for another podcast. Uh, so yeah, just meeting great people and great scientists over the years, and thinking that they had a whole lot to share with both me and my students, and realizing that technology offered us an opportunity to do that. And so each year, depending on other people's schedule, um, you know, I'll ask a handful of scientists to come in for a day and where we'll kind of lump all my classes together at once and run through a series of questions that the kids have come up with ahead of time. And then, really, they lead the class. And, you know, maybe the scientists will give a two-, three-, four-minute introduction, but mm -hmm. it's mostly a Q&A that's run by the students. And, and the students, does that develop over the course of the year? Do they get better at it each time, or is it hit and miss? What have you seen? Uh, so a little bit of hit and miss, but definitely it's something that we work on throughout the year. Uh, usually we'll run these you know, earliest at the end of the first semester, but usually it'll be backloaded towards second semester where mm -hmm. I've established proper degrees of understanding and trust with the kids. Um, we've worked on how to ask proper questions. Again, I don't teach you know, journalism or newspaper, but mm -hmm. we do a little bit of learning on that. Hey, what's a good way to formulate questions that are direct, that are simple? Uh, the kids will put in some work where they do research. We'll spend at least a week learning about the speaker, reading mm -hmm. their uh, primary literature and their research. The kids will then bring in questions, say like on one night, you know, they're given a choice. Hey, you can pick two articles to read and come up with two questions from each. And then they go over them with a friend maybe tweak them, work them around, mm -hmm. add them to, say, a Google form that's online that we can then download as an Excel file mm -hmm. where all the classes can look at them. Kids can, you know, tailor some of their questions and piggyback them onto some other kids. You know, I'll usually then go through kind of as a final edit and then give the kids ahead of time, say, hey, here are the 18 questions. These are the that ones that made the at. cut? Yeah. So you've made the cut, mm -hmm. you know, we'll literally line them up in order mm -hmm. and they'll go from student to student. Now the best Skypes work when we've got that designated list of questions, say 18 or 20 questions, but then kids are free to jump in. So say at question six, you've got something that you'd like to add on to that. Right. You know, we want to be able to shift on the fly, you know, call an audible during the Skype mm -hmm. and the kids will come in. And so that's part of 
that understanding and trust has been built, you know, and also curiosity and the right. creativity of the kids to know, well, and confidence that they can jump in there at any moment and, you know, talk with an expert in the field of chemical ecology or evolution. Right. Uh, so it sounds like you have adapted and jumped on the technology or use of instructional technology. Is there another aspect of teaching that has uh, changed from the first year or two that you were a teacher that uh, maybe you didn't anticipate? Oh, there's been a whole lot. Um, certainly with apps, you know, scientific apps and scientific probes, we're using those quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Even just the philosophy of classroom teaching, I think, has moved more towards, say, a model base in science or inquiry base. One thing that I've tried to do, mm -hmm. again, with engagement, is bring the world to the class and also bring my class to the world. And mm -hmm. one way, you know, sometimes with flipped classroom approach, right. uh, I've also started my own YouTube channel, it's Madden Science, mm -hmm. where, you know, some of them are more of your classic you know, instruction, lecture type, where they can watch that for homework and then bring in questions later or right. help prepare them for a lab or an activity. Um, but more so than just a flipped classroom approach, it's trying to bring in experience where sometimes it's a Skype that we'll video and then use in years. For playback you know, later. Playback later. Mm -hmm. Other times it's, you know, like coming up, we're looking at inertia or we've also looked at pollination. So mm -hmm. the other day I was out in the field filming dragonflies at a thousand frames per second. So oh, doing things that bring the world and bring experience mm -hmm. to the kids that you couldn't just do during a regular class. Right. That's all fabulous. Uh, thanks for joining us, Dave. I You're understand you've, you've also agreed for our uh, uh, sitting in for our uh, rapid-fire pick six uh, conclusion of uh, educator feedback. I'm wondering if it. you're ready for that. Oh, All right, yeah. here we go. Number one, what profession other than teaching would you like to attempt? Well, still attempt is NBA. I'm still waiting for my call. Um, practicing, well, every once in a while. And mm -hmm. if it's not the NBA, it'd probably be something in construction and building and art, art design realm. Awesome. Number two, what profession would you not like to attempt? Uh, the sitting down cubicle business type. Not the Dilbert job. type? Yeah, I don't think I could do that for sure. Okay. What do you do when you are super stressed? These days it's getting out in nature. Uh, number one option would be to be paddle boarding. So out on the water, kind of like a walk on water. Mm -hmm. And if not that, then an actual hike. All right. What's the worst professional development you've been subjected to? So one time, a group of teachers and I went to a scientific probe and software conference or um, workshop, and none of the probes worked. So we had to go through the whole thing on paper. It wasn't all that exciting, and uh, needless to say, we didn't end up adopting that uh, program. All right. Uh, how do you rejuvenate during the summer? So rejuvenation in the summer is coming really in two forms. Uh, reading books and trying to spend a little more time reading fiction books, whereas during the year I'll often try and supplement you know, my regular you know, information in class with some non-fiction books. Any guilty pleasures in the uh, fictional summer reading? Uh, so I'm still part of a book club that goes back... Oh, probably 12 or so years, and so we're deciding together. Uh, we're reading the new uh, Philip Roth book coming up, so I love him. 
Um, you know, we had Let the Great World Spin. Mm -hmm. It's another book we recently read, which is beautiful. I'd highly recommend that one. Mm -hmm. And if it's not reading, then it's sports. So I still love playing sports. Uh, in the summer, it's a lot of beach volleyball and tennis, some basketball thrown in, mm -hmm. you know, hiking, paddleboarding. So uh, getting outside and moving. Awesome. Uh, what is your go-to phrase or word for praising students? I think we'd have to go back to one of those kids who would do an impersonation of me. Uh, and ask them uh, all those things that I say uh, too often and don't realize it. Um, but words of encouragement usually come in in lab where um, encourage the kids say, hey, you, you can figure this out. You know, spend a little time, uh, but either you on your own can figure it out or hey, together we can figure this out. There you go, back to that trust in the classroom. All right, thanks Dave for joining us today. Hey, welcome Ryan.